Well, I'd like to welcome all of you today to uh, our South Fulton Operational Review. I appreciate the participation and uh, the input, and I want to thank Grady for uh, providing uh, that. I want to go over real quickly uh, the itinerary for today. I'm trying to uh, march through this. Uh, the uh, our charge from the council is to, is to essentially do. Uh, an ad hoc committee to review the performance that's been going on and also look to see South Fulton if there are opportunities for improvement. Um, this is not a zone opening by any means or uh, subject to that. It's just basically just to review kind of a retrospect of a solid year of operations under Grady EMS. So we're going to look at, uh, first of all, economy efficiency and the benefit to public welfare. We'll go into that a little bit. The uh, current operational status, we're going to do uh, uh, municipality support, the county support. Um, I, I don't have copies of that, but I, I do have one copy that I can pass around. The current statistical analysis, number of responses, number of transport, percentage of transports, uh, hospital destinations, response times on Alpha Bravo Charlie calls, current resources, uh, unit hours, Unit scheduled, staffing model, communication center management and logistics, clinical review and oversight, uh, current charges, 911 rates, <coughs> estimated, uncompensated care, opportunities for improvement, actions, uh, of course, for the board for us to, to bring forward to the council. So that's what we're going to try to review. I know that's a lot, but I, I think a lot of this will be pretty self explanatory and can move forward. So with that, I want to I want to talk briefly about economy efficiency and the benefit to public welfare. Um, this is zoning committee, and, and as the state use it, it's uh, been a lot of debate over the years of what exactly that means. Economy is pretty cut and dry. Efficiency is always kind of in gray. What does that mean to respond in the most efficient manner without having to do? Uh, basically redundancy and then of course benefit to public welfare we've, we've interpreted that everything from doing uh, uh, how many you know blood pressure drives you to to does it mean the legal sense of uh, of providing services to people that can't pay for EMS well there's a lot of data to back up the ladder that what it, what it, the intent of our legislators uh, benefit the public welfare means that uh, whether it's a public or a private entity providing service or non-for-profit uh, that the services will be equal to those that can pay and those who cannot pay so um, that that's a big key component of this also so with that um, I'm going to ask the great representatives on these questions so if you could give us kind of uh, just really right now a snapshot of where we are operationally, if that's okay. Sure, Mr. Chairman, thank you. First of all, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Bill Compton, Senior Vice President Grady. Uh, with me is Vice President Steve Moyers over uh, Dean, uh, Dr. Steve Moyers of Education. Uh, Vice President John Hansen, who's over uh, all of our 911 finance support and IT, and Aaron Vickery, who's our Senior Operations Director for Atlanta and South Fulton County. 
Um, we have all these questions uh, answered for you. We have some data that we've provided. I think it's probably the first time that uh, the region or the county and the cities have received such uh, transparent data in, in the history of the service where they get this data sent to the county. The county distributes to the, uh, the fire officials every month. It's basically a transparent operational data that shows all the calls, all the transports, and the caveats we've added in this comprehensive report, we actually provide to Wellstar because of the hospital in South Fulton to ensure that they know as the hospital provider for the region why the patients are going where they're going. For example, patient choice, closest facility or the most appropriate facility, as in would be stroke, STEMI, burn, and those priorities that trauma that do not go to that tertiary, uh, excuse me, that primary facility that goes to the tertiary. So we meet with the hospital representatives every month, go over the statistics, and are um, available to answer any call questions. Uh, specifically for the specific um, questions answered here with you today, we can address, um, I can address the operational status, uh, the statistics I can address and will address current resources. Aaron can address the number of units, the number of hours that her division has on 24-7. Uh, John can talk about his not one relationship with the county, and I know the county officials are here. Uh, Steve can and will talk about any clinical activity or questions and how we do our QA program associated um, with the municipalities and our medical direction, and then any other further uh, discussion items you would have. <clears throat> we have provided this um, statistical sheet for you here that. Uh, not designed to be Tennessee orange, but Aaron reminded me that it looks like it today. I told her it was Gator orange. <laughs> but at any rate, it's it's a it's a year to date, and there there are a little bit in difference of the numbers in, in, in the county. I know is here, and they can comment on that. But basically, we've got the difference between ESO and CAD data. Ours is ESO data, theirs is data, and I know they produced a report that has shown the. Uh, overall response times overall, which emerged non-emergent for the year, 12.35. Uh, we segregate uh, all calls in emergent and non-emergent, and we're showing 11.46 for the entire year as far as emergent calls, and that's basically off 37,000 911 calls received. On the dispatch side, which John Hanson will comment on, we do, however, process uh, through a, uh, a warm transfer, those 911 calls in the EMD and do use mobile integrated health with our nurse practitioner units in College Park at East Point. However, south of there, uh, as of now, but we have plans for the future with the county for the rest of the regions. Uh, we're not doing MIH in those regions. So the patients transported for the year 2019 total were 24,447. That it gives you the breakdown of all the hospital distributions. Uh, Note obviously that Wellstar was the largest percent of receiving facility, and Grady, um, by choice for the most appropriate facility, did receive 22% uh, of the transports, or 5,458. And then the rest of the uh, piece is self explanatory. It shows the calls by cities the total time between dispatch on the scene and those average response times. And I believe the county report of the document I saw last week showed an improvement um, from the previous system 
of 22 minutes to 12.35, which I believe was documented a 45% improvement during the measurement period. So with that said, that's my Reader's Digest version of the statistical analysis of the report. And well, if it's all right, I'm going to ask individually on these yes. line items so you can just... So anyway, that's, that's my piece and, and uh, happy to answer any and other I, questions I'm related sure. to that. Council members, committee members will okay. may have some also for you. Thank you. Uh, I apologize, I didn't start off by introducing Carly. Good morning, Carly Huey, Dave Piedmont, and Emmons. And Benny Atkins with National EMS. EJ, reached your office EMS. Dr. McDougal, are you there? Dr. McDougal is on the phone. You may put us on. Uh, Rich Elliott, stay off. Do you have any questions? Clayton County Fire and Emergency Services. Flashback. Carl from the Cobb County Fire and Emergency Services. Keona Smith from Atlanta. Okay, so that out of the way. My apologies. Uh, is he on? I think you put us on. Okay, no problem. He said he's he's actually working at the ER, so he may protect your patient. Okay. All right. So we'll start off with the uh, the uh, current statistical analysis, and so so we can just get a number. Can you give us a number of the responses that were run by your service? Sure. Um, all calls received the. South Fulton 911, East Point City, College Park, for the measurement period of 2019, were 37,020 for the year. And of those, uh, we transported 24,447. Break down the destinations of on the report. On the report from patients with two. Okay. Are there any interested parties? That would like to see any of that information of, of destinations. Strictly for South Fulton, 
So we have been uh, deploying 1,548 unit hours per week. Um, recently completed a demand analysis, and as a result of that, we have implemented some schedule changes. As of the 19th of this month, we will be deploying 1,644 unit hours per week. Translates to the trucks a day, day and night. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we peak at um, 14 trucks, depending on the day of week and time of day. We peak at 14 trucks, and there's short periods of time in the wee hours of the morning where we're at six units. Staffing model is essentially 11s. Well, 12 hour shifts. 12 hour shifts. Yes, sir. And the peak that you, 14 trucks, that's with the plan that you, that's what you plan to do starting the 19th of January. That's not what you've done so far, right? That's correct. That is the 19th. That's what the demand has shown is required. This is current. This is today. And this is so your peak currently is 11? That is correct. I see. I see. Thank you. Good thing, Mr. Chairman, and then again, those are um, headquarters from the South Fulton Operational Industrial Boulevard hosted from there. So the headquarters is there. Um, they change shifts, restock, refuel, from this clock and for those nature. So the administration for that is separate from the memorial operations headquarters in the city. How often are you going without units available? What does that mean? What's the question? With no units available. We don't track Systems out of zero. We don't track it. You don't track we it? We don't track it. We don't track it anywhere. And what about um, um, mutual aid? Uh, the county would have to do that. Uh, we, we can we can get College Park and East Point numbers for you, but since we don't do the dispatch of the county, the county would have to provide that number to you. With the increase that you that you're looking at, going from fifteen forty eight to sixteen forty six, do you have a projection on what that would do to the response time? Our projection is that it would improve the response times with more more units available. Right, but do you have a number that you're projecting? We'll, we'll get to that one. Okay. I'd like to, to if, if this is, I'd like to, for them to start tracking how many times they run out of units throughout into the course of the new operational period and have those numbers available for future meetings. <coughs> That'd be a fair question to ask. So the, the request for mutual aid isn't 
you guys don't make that the county number one dispatch. We don't move the trucks, we don't coordinate the trucks, we don't track the trucks. We don't even leave the trucks in South Fulton. Would you like us to answer that question on the county side? You want to close it? So we don't. We haven't. We haven't called for mutual aid one time outside of the grading mutual aid. So when we have, when we're at that with that type of call, we'll make the phone call to Grady dispatch, and then they will assign a truck. How that is accomplished? All we track is when we make that call and how long it takes us to get somebody on scene, which are part still part of our same numbers. It counts as a call for service. From the time we gave the call to Grady to the time they arrived. So Grady doesn't simulcast. If they're di direct dispatching, do you see their CAD at your center at all? No. So we're going to talk about that later, about the proactive work that John's doing with the county as far as the CAD CAD interface, which is upcoming in spring. We'll be able to address that. Okay. We will address that for the county. Here. So, so the mutual aid within Grady, just a different division. That would respond yeah the only mutual aid numbers again we have are what happens in east point college park we have those but as far as the county goes uh joe's administration would have that and can you share college park 5321 mutual aid calls at east point college park because we run it as if there were no boundary lines the closer closest unit goes So the posting plan for Atlanta, you know, proximal to East Point College Park, um, <coughs> 5,300 calls. So are you, able, uh, are you able to track how many times you were at, at level zero? No. So you had to call another ambulance service in, but not we don't, this, the, the numbers I gave you has nothing to do with level zero, which we don't track. Right. It has to do with who was the closest truck. So in other words, we have CADICAT interface in our system, all the trucks, and we run MIH at East Point College Park also. So in other words, if there's a low-level call, if there's a sore throat in East, Park, East okay. Point College Park and it triages, we may not set a name. So if you track me, you have to call a provider outside the grading network. Um, we do. We do for Atlanta and East Point College Park. Okay. Can you give us a number for each? I have to have to give them for you. I don't have Yeah, if you're online for the next yeah. one, because I think that's part of your question. Right, it is. Am I allowed to ask the question? Sure, go ahead. So how many times that mutual aid is being requested from the Atlanta Resource Division to go to College Park, East Point, and South Fulton? Do we have those numbers? It's not, it's not mutual aid. So what it is, it's the closest unit. We run it as if it was there were no boundary lines. So in other words, we run the closest unit that can get there. So East Park or College Park, to say that for example, East Point is on the way to Piedmont with the patient, the patient choice, and there's an Atlanta truck closer, then that's the one we move. So I mean, we do that, you know, with our CAD CAD quickest truck. It's not based on level zero mutual aid. So if you have a unit in the Fulton Industrial Area, and it's uh, in, uh, normally assigned in Atlanta, but if there's a call in the South Fulton, you're going to send that unit. We're going to send the closest unit, right? We run it as a regional system, and it works vice versa too. So it's our unit coming from South Fulton into Atlanta. Exactly. We're moving trucks. So, so it's a fluid system about yeah. yeah. boundaries. We, we move trucks from Buckhead to Bankhead from East Point College Park 24/7. Depending on where the calls are, that falls under the efficiency. Okay. Good.
anybody have any other questions to do with resources? So let me just quantify that I'm going to get you any mutual aid calls that were run in East Point College Park. Yeah, it's a provider outside of the Emory. We get that degrading. Yeah. Just one other question, just a broad question. How's, how's staffing, how's retention, how's, how's, how's everything going with health? So we're 90, I think last time we checked, 98% staffed to the schedule. <coughs> so staffing is, is good and we're constantly hiring. And the executive summary on that. Last <laughs> okay. Year, had, last year, 2019, we had the lowest attrition in the history of the system. And HR corporate asked me how we do that. And I said, well, it's, I'm not going to tell you because we don't know. But we, we were at 9.9% attrition um, for the entire year, and that's about 1,800 employees. So that's kind of a record year sure. for us. And we're not going to experience that this year. But um, we're very soon to be fully staffed uh, in all divisions, which would be an anomaly because I think if, if, if everybody in the room was asked the same question, we all have staffing issues related to recruitment. You know, <coughs> um, we're, we're happy with the numbers we have right now. We don't have any extreme vacancies. Thank you. Yes, well, this next piece may take a little while. This is the Communication Center and Logistics. So, so I think just for everyone's, to make sure everyone's clear, you want to define how the process works and offs the whole flow. That would be a good thing. And depending on what municipality you're in, how to request for service goes from point A to point B. Sure. And, and again, I'll preface and let John uh, talk again, and Joe's still here in conjunction with the county. So on the large scale, we get direct calls um, into the comm center on 745 Memorial Drive, which is nationally accredited EMD Center for Atlanta, College Park, and East Point. We EMD the calls, we send the closest unit, and we utilize mobile integrated health not paramedicine, but with nurse practitioners and medics on the trucks, 12 hours a day, seven days a week, that run low-level calls. Um, with that, we document the response time that you have on the sheet. Um, from there, um, let John talk about how the operation with the county works, and obviously the county's here that can comment on that as far as the handoff from the receipt of the call to the dispatch to the movement of the trucks, and then what the future plans are um, in the spring of April to um, enhance the system as far as the county can interface with the county. So hey, can I ask one more question? Go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, first response system. You uh, All quality one response get uh, licensed first responder dispatch simultaneous with the ambulance and, and all of the South Fulton locations. I'll, I'll let, again, the county uh, verify on that. They have their own policies and procedures. We work with all the fire departments, but we don't have any um, notification process, documentation, or response. So there's no pre-arrival information being shared between first response and, and Grady? Oh, there, there is. Uh, okay. They, they, they do that, but the county have to comment on that because yeah. we don't do that dispatch. Okay. Okay. So, so the question is whether 
you restate the question just a little cleaner for you. First response system on uh, high quality calls. Do you dispatch uh, engine or uh, uh, fire service or first response? So we do. So there are some fire departments that we run, for example, uh, Alan Palmetto's fire chief is here, um, that they, they'll run every call within their jurisdiction. Uh, we have other jurisdictions that run certain calls on what we call alpha level calls. They'll pick certain certain ones that are higher acuity. They'll respond to all of those. But there are some that don't res they don't respond to any alpha level call. So they'll, they'll pick maybe 10 that they respond to and the rest. Grady's the only responder to those kind of calls. So you have a fragmented system in South Fulton based on the, um, the municipalities. So if you're looking at a system, depending on what that, that it's, it's not a fully implemented system. What it is is Fire Department A can choose to run certain calls, Fire Department B doesn't. We make that determination and Grady responds on. The, they're either responding in conjunction with another department as the first responder, let's just say, and they're responding as the, uh, as the secondary, let's just say, or they are the only responder. Okay, CPR in progress. I always get the first response? Yes. Okay. So who decides what call they can respond to and what call they don't have to respond to? The department themselves. So the fire chief of that department or you know, the chief of that department says, I'm going to respond to these alpha local calls or I'm not going to respond to any alpha local calls. Typically done to a medical director. Yeah. So, okay, I'm, I'll drop it at that. And do any of those services have uh, transport capability? I know one time I think Forest Park did Forest Park have some ambulances. Fairburn. So today there's probably two, Fairburn and Chattahoochee Hills, um, and College Park, Park, I'm sorry. They do have transport capability. I can count maybe on one hand how in the last year that they've used them if that maybe I have let me G probably explain them But it's an extreme, you know, when they get a level zero with an extended ETA of most of them will look at an ETA of more than eighteen minutes before they'll even look at that as an option um, or I mean they make that call on the scene we don't make that call for them we're there to support their decision on the scene okay. and our job is to look at the system as a whole right. um, there's a hole in a hole yeah <laughs> well I mean if we've got closer by units that aren't responding <clears throat> I see a pop that's problematic well the, the, so the problem is no matter how you look at it there unless we all decide we're gonna run every single call um, and these are all the calls we all run, which is we're trying to get there. Um, basically, we're down to one agency that runs a certain type of alpha level call. So let's just say there's a dozen of calls, and that was that was we looked at. Um, Dr. Yancey, actually our, our former medical director, uh, made the determination that if you're going to run any, at least run these. If you're not going to run any at all, at least let's look at these. We spoke to Grady and said, okay, what is it? What does this do to impact the system? We took those. I want to say 20 calls like off the top of my head, somewhere around 20 calls. We looked at how does that impact the Grady, the Grady staff coming, you know, the Grady trucks coming to those scenes, and whether or not like as quickly as we can cancel a unit. So let's just say we're on that stump code call, and that's something that they do transport. These folks are trying to cancel that transport unit as soon as they can to get that that unit back in service because 90% of the units are ALS units, so there's no there's no reason to put an ALS unit. On a BLS call, they can get canceled quick enough. So we restack that grade unit right away. Sorry, Henry. You, uh, and I'll let uh, Henry may actually have a better way because okay. he's been in this much longer than I have. That, that's a nice way of saying I'm older. <laughs> I didn't say he's old, but older. Uh, my name is Henry Argo. I'm the fire chief for the city of Palmetto. I'm currently also the chairperson for the South Fulton Fire Chiefs Working Group. 
the, the, the subject that, that, that you bring up is one that has been, I think it's fair to say, intense discussion among our group in, in trying to reach uh, a consensus to, to adopt a consistent level of service across the, the, the entire uh, South Fulton area. As most of you know, South Fulton, in, in terms of uh, population densities and any other way that you can uh, measure or characterize a, a response area, goes from very rural in the very south part of our county up to very dense in, in, in the College Park East Point area and everything in between. Um, what it comes down to basically is resource availability. One of the things that I can say that we have made substantial progress in is as Joe uh, made reference to, we, we, at one time we had member departments who were not responding to any alpha level calls. We've reached consensus that, of course, the Bravo Charlie Delta, that, that, that was never any question. Okay. And, and, and so what we collectively decided upon was that based on Dr. Yancey's recommendation that even though this type of call is an alpha level, we're going to respond to it anyway. And then we have left up to the other jurisdictions. Mine, for example, we choose to run every EMS call in our city. Just that, that's the desired level of service by, by our citizens. And, and so that's, we have the resources to do that and made the commitment to do that. So, but to your point, is it a fragmented system? In some respects, yes, it still remains. So. Well, just, it's, uh, yeah, and it's problematic because if what Pete opened a meeting with, if we've got a, a higher end municipality versus uh, someone that, you know, that's on a lower level, we're not providing the same service if they're not getting first response. Couldn't agree more. And, and that is part of our charge to look at the whole system, not just transport. Mr. Chairman, do we have data about that gives us the system response time rather than just grading's response time? Do we have any of that? I, I think that's something that maybe we could get from your department. No, we, I mean, we can provide that. I and mean, we do provide that to all of our fire departments. We, we look at their, their response and grading response. They get, they get the same. They get a report that shows what the two are every month from us. So I'm just going to ask a question. First, first which paid fire departments are not responding or are not first responding in South Bolton? So, there, so there's two. I'm not going to say they don't respond. There's two departments that respond to certain calls on the alpha level calls. Um, for us, it's the city of South Bolton and the city of Union City. And do the others do what Palmetto is doing? Do they respond to all the calls? Or the rest the respond other? to all calls, yeah. Oh, so all but those two respond to all EMS calls? Yes. Just for clarification's sake, I feel it remiss if I don't mention it. Sandy Springs does the same thing. We don't. Once we confirm an ambulance is en route and its starting location, we do not respond to alpha calls. It's very common across the fire service yeah. as a whole that we EMD and have yeah. a a ambulance only subset so it's oh, yeah, not an uncommon practice no. i want to be fair about south fulton <laughs> 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 
-hmm. But I'm talking about the high level calls. That's what that's oh, no, yeah, we got up close. Okay. Yeah. You said City of South Oakland, the City of Union City? Yes. And I don't know what the rest of the committee feels, but when we get those response times from system response times that we can get fractiles yes um, and, and, and have it broken down by municipality that right. just helps us because do as a whole across the nation people are looking at first medical contact right and first medical contact can even be a bystander but it's mostly first response right and that's trained with the emd cpr train so from first medical contact then the ems arise and then you know it's, it's followed through the system and that's just kind of what i'd like to see actually when first medical contacts get on the scene because it's getting harder and harder for ems agencies across the nation to meet the 859 goal period in the story so what we're seeing now is paradigm shift in the in the industry overall and so working with fire law enforcement other whatever you consider first medical contact that's a piece of the equation that i think we're missing here today it's what the average first medical contact from the time the call was received to first uh, medical contact arrival on the scene would be a big help. Because I think we'd be impressed with that system. Well, along <coughs> that line, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the question. <laughs> when does the clock start? So when does it start for your tracking just to make sure we start from the time we pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. When it hits the switch we pick up that's the first the first stamp, let's say. And when does Brady's clock start? When we when the unit gets when if it's a fire call when the tones get dropped on that fire department if it's a great call as soon as they get assigned the call <laughs> when they're when they're physically assigned the when call. they're physically assigned the call when their truck is dropped on the call <coughs> we start the dispatch to arrival time for Grady so call processing time in between that is not counted not counted we do track it it's on our report that we gave counted for you but yeah. not on the we don't count it against the, the Grady time though. okay we pull we pull the the response uh the 911 process out so basically I was, I was explaining this yesterday to someone it's from the time you pick up the call the which is becoming more and more of an issue of a delay if you look at it people don't know where they are today because the days of calling from their house phone are gone uh 70 plus percent of 70 plus percent of our calls are all done on wireless so the first 30 seconds of where are you and tell me what's going on becomes a where are you now is taking 30 to 45 seconds of the call because most people don't know where they are um, and because we don't really have the accuracy yet on the wireless side we get an approximate at best so the call processing time on that front end is taking longer but we don't count that against so that our report will show we remove that time out and actually separate it uh, and showing the call processing time on in the, in the center basically and for just just for clarification for everyone here that was that policy hasn't changed you track the times the same way now as you did a year ago yes two years ago three years ago that has not changed that's not changed it, okay. it's been the same um like our reports that i that i'm aware of about 10 years worth of data it's okay. been tracked the same i'm saying thank you east point college park same way you guys dispatch your own there is it, is it handled the same way so your clock starts once the unit the call is dropped on the unit. Right. And there's a variance report from the time of the initial call hits the CAD, uh, hits 911 to the CAD of wherever the minute plus is. Okay. Very good. 
Can I just add some of that? Just to, because I, I think it's to, to be fair about mm -hmm. it for both AMR and, and, everywhere, and, and for Grady is that time shouldn't count against the provider because it could take me, my own staff could take you know 30 seconds longer on a call before they get it. That's why we've never counted towards it. No matter, it's just not something that the responder should be held accountable We're for. We're just trying to establish how the staff is. There's so many different ways of opening this the clock start that uh, we want to make sure we're all clear. Okay, are there, are there any other questions just on the comms center operations right now? Were they going to talk or address the point-to-point -point transfer and things like that? Or is that I, I think that's on the improvement. Okay. <coughs> so we'll, we'll move over to clinical review and oversight, which basically tell us how you're Sure, and I'll sure. provide for y'all our QA compliance policy. So again, we've got five QA officers with a director who uh, QA all of our high acuity calls, 30% of all calls. So if any, anything anybody calls in with any you know, questions, concerns, you know, that's things you'll see laid out in that uh, policy. So we do an initial review and then those come to a committee with our medical director. So 30% of the calls, higher <coughs> acuity, ALS calls, so cardiac. So overall, we, we QA 30% of all calls. All calls. Any new area that we go into, we QA 100% of those. Do those QAs include patient contact refusals? Yes. Okay. Yes, refusals, cancellations, et cetera, yes. Uh, and again, any, any issues or concerns that the QA team sees, and those are then reviewed with our uh, medical director, who ultimately makes any kind of determination on any kind of uh, improvement plans, potentially with medics, or uh, you know, we'll get up any kind of retraining, those kind of things. So if you could, could you elaborate a little bit more on your, I guess, basically the feedback to the, to, to the medic, how you handle that? To, to the individual medic? Yeah. Sure. So when a, when a call is reviewed, if there's any, uh, questions or concerns from the QA team regarding that call. <clears throat> those uh, there's messages that are sent to the medics through the ESO system for any clarifying questions about, you know, maybe why was a 12 EKG not running this patient, those types of things. Anything that they can't determine from the from the uh, paramedics documentation within that call. Go back and forth potentially with uh, with messaging on that. Uh, if we need to we'll bring in the medic to the QA meeting and uh, with medical direction. Again, those are uh, held once a month, uh, once for Atlanta, once for South Fulton, so a total of twice a month. Uh, we invite all the fire departments to those QA meetings. Uh, typically, uh, their medical director will come uh, to those meetings as well, or any of their representatives. So if there's any calls that they want us to review, uh, then we'll review those both from a system standpoint and then and in our individual you know, clinical care standpoint. Uh, we also involve in those uh, typical QA meetings. We have representation from our uh, risk management department. So again, we're seeing it kind of from our risk managers, you know, eyes, uh, eyes as well. Uh, again, medical direction. And then if, uh, if the need arises, we'll do uh, medic retraining, performance improvement plans, you know, as we need. Questions? And then you've got the policy and how we kind of lay that out. The medical director makes final determination on. We level our potential issues, level one, two, three. You'll see that in that policy there. Steve, do you see any problems all the way from the review process to remediation? Is there anything that, you know, you, 
feel like the child would improve on? Or I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, we got a great, um, we all work you know, well together. I mean, uh, operations is highly interested in, again, obviously the quality of the, of the patient care is being delivered. The health system certainly is, is highly concerned to make sure that we're delivering the highest quality care possible, obviously with medical direction. You know, again, we've got a chief medical director and associate medical director, and must fellows as well, so we're involved with those, you know, at those meetings, and so everybody works collectively together to make sure that we're all on the same page. That at the end of the day, it's all about patient care. We get quality, you know, patient care. The patients get get the you know, the care that they need. And, you know, any any concerns are ever brought forth? You know, if a fire chief calls and says, "Hey, I'd like to take a look at this call," or I I don't think that patient should have been transported, or Y'all didn't come in lights and siren or something. Want to know why? Then we go through our process. Call back up. If hospital calls and says, "Hey, we got a little concern. We didn't call in a stimulator on this patient, and we think they had a stimulator. We need to, you know, full review feedback." How about the municipalities in the room? Is there any any issues that they have with patient care or with the process in place? No, I think that in terms of patient care, in terms of uh, accessibility to the QA system, uh, you know, we, we have that. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's very comprehensive. Um, quite honestly, you know, in terms of patient care, uh, I, I, I don't recall any any complaints uh, from any of my medics <coughs> regarding patient care or, or patient handoff or anything like that. I mean, you know, so I'm, that aspect of it, I think, is very well pleased. At least I am from my little old big tiny corner of the world. Thank you, Gene. Speaking about your little corner of the world. Doc, what you got? Yeah, so I'm Jim Augustine, and two weeks into uh, a role medical director for city of south Fulton. Uh, so we'll, we'll need to develop a plan where we do combined qi because uh, our our crews uh, their first responders both our documentation and, and our medical care we, we need to be coordinated yes i talked to dr kumar already um, about making sure that we are we're fully integrated and uh, the patient only knows that they have an emergency mm -hmm. their time starts as you've all said when they place a 911 call uh, for the higher level emergencies, we need to make sure that we are well integrated in our care and that the outcomes are the way that we want them and that the documentation fulfills uh, the care that was delivered. Um, we, we will have issues about exchange of people, exchange of equipment, uh, et cetera, but most importantly, it has to revolve around patient care. And that's what I'd like to coordinate with you at some point. Yeah, so we meet in South Fulton at our Union City Operations Center <coughs> Wednesday of each month at 1 o'clock, and we'll be sure to get you on that. Actually, we've got your contact information, so we can get the agenda to you, and the agenda works both ways. So this call, we won't review. We'll see the calls that we are reviewing. Very good. And then we've had some issues already with with ALS or BLS staff on the, on the med units that are arriving. Um, that, that's something I've heard about already and we'll need to look at in, in the future as well. Okay. Any more questions or anything? Clinical side.
Can I ask one more question? Yes, sir. How are the emergent versus non-emergent? You can use that designation bill in your report. Who determines emergent, non-emergent? And what are the criteria for that? The, the, the county does. For the county's version and East Point College Park, we do. Through medical director. That's great. Through the EMA process? It's the EMA. I mean, is this, is this then beta charter? Charlie Delta echo calls are called emergent and alpha calls are called non-emergent, alpha omega? Not in every circumstance. So we just went through a comprehensive review of all of our EMD codes with our medical directors and um, it, it depends on the call and we also look at the data uh, as far as transports to hospital and that sort of thing and we just completed it. So it, it an alpha call, for example, all of our alpha level stroke calls are emergency responses. They are not necessarily non-emergency, but some alpha responses and bravo responses are non-emergency responses. So it depends on the call. Yeah, I was I was looking at the emergent non-emergent breakout and see the transport rates are really not that different, 62 and 67 percent. Um, so it doesn't look like there's a huge differentiation in acuity, and that's why I was asking what emergent non-emergent. Who, who does the designation of that, and, and uh, is this all based on the Alpha Bravo determinants? Yeah, and that was specific for the call center in Atlanta. Um, my response was specific for um, what we do uh, in, Atlanta. in Atlanta. Well, and he's more college. Right, right. right. Okay. So eventually we'll have to focus on South Fulton and make sure that that matches. Yeah, that would be in coordination with the county. Okay. Yeah, but their report, your report does include the whole thing because it comes from your patient care right. report. So that report is, is regardless of what we turn in. That transport side is that that number is for all of their service. Good point. So, so doctor, there, there's two things we look at. We're happy to see the offline. You got a CAD determinant, which is come in via nine one one. Then you have an ESO, which would be the patient care report after the fact. So there may be a standard deviation in there. And man, do we have an opportunity to improve that? Right, where the where the call determinant doesn't match what ultimately the acuity of the patient is. And I know that's a nationwide problem, um, and especially in areas where we have longer call response times. It would be very important to figure out how we can do that better and continue to improve our 911 operations to make sure that we're doing what we can. So, so to close on that comment, is it would be an improvement <coughs> section, but. In addition, so we have two components as far as QA that we do. Steve has um, medical direction, which is ESO-based patient treatment, transportation, documentation. John, through 911, through our Aqua QA, we have another QA division that, that looks at a high percentage, 30 plus percentage of calls daily of the previous day of doing what you're talking about is making sure that our 911 operators EMD and triage the call appropriately that the appropriate response was given for that. So we've got two QA programs going simultaneously. Yeah. 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 And we, re uh, we go to that same monthly meeting, we share the same monthly meeting, our staff, we bring our own, so we, it's collective. Um, and until recently, we had the same medical director. So Dr. Yancey was reviewing both of our calls. Um, just recently, Dr. Yancey retired, so now we have two separate medical directives. So we'll move on now to 
current charges, which falls under, of course, economy. Uh, I think the procedure code is the AO427 that we're really interested in, and the AO425, which is the mileage. So the mileage is 28.25, and the AO427 ALS emergency is 1750. That's uh, essentially the going rate. Yeah, I mean, that's, these are what we consider fair market charges for Metro Atlanta. These, these are gross charges, again, not collections. Right. And these are based exactly. on. Really? And then um, these rates are consistent with the, with the Metro Atlanta rates that we run in the city of Atlanta and South Florida. And, uh, you have those one through nine. There's no subsidy here. There is no subsidy. Any idea on what you're compensated? Uh, I can give you some quick estimates that I ran. As far as, again, we run about 21 to 22% self-pay on a given month. So with that alone, EMS alone, as far as, you know, we don't, we're not, we don't, we are a not-for-profit 501c3 healthcare organization. We don't uh, pursue people that have no ability to pay pay for leaving their cars or houses so we're looking at you know, somewhere around two million dollars a year as far as what we're providing that compensate care just on EMS and then the numbers are much bigger than that as far as the ED and emissions go up to 21 percent 22 percent transports from South Pole to Grady based on patient requests and that two million is just your South Pole and operation two, two million is just EMS South Pole and that's that's a mileage is significantly higher in South gross charges for South Fulton and divide by um, transports or, or by calls, whichever you want to slice it. We can do that. And you have a high Medicaid population, so we consume that your contractual allowance is Yeah, it's the same down. 30, 30 percentage. Yeah. So, Aid and care is real close. Insurance runs about anywhere from 9 to 11 percent. Very good. Well, there's possibly the most important part of the whole meeting. <laughs> Opportunities for improvement. So um, I'm not sure which one of you were going to Well, it, it, so in every system, there's always areas for improvement. Uh, we're a dynamic health organization, so we're looking at things constantly. Erin has um, specific um, staffing structural changes that she's launching uh, as we speak this weekend. and. Uh, this month, as far as for Atlanta and South Fulton, uh, we shared some of those numbers at the prior collaborative meeting with Atlanta Monday, as far as increasing unit hours here in Atlanta, and she's addressed the unit hour increase in South Fulton. I think one of our biggest uh, rooms for improvement are our county head interface. We'll let John talk about in conjunction with the county and what that will do as far as the tracking of vehicles and South Fulton region and the ability for us to expand mobile integrated health with nurse practitioners uh, for 12 hour days in South Fulton in addition to East Fulton College Park. So I know you have a document about sure. that, but I'll let John give you a brief overview of the CAD program. Sure, and I know um, since we came to the zone, of course, we've been dispatching uh, College Park East Point and then Fulton County um, for the rest of the 
zone. And, and since that time, we had different CAD vendors. Um, uh, so the Tri-Tech and then the Superior. So you've heard the CAD to CAD information and the bi-directional information. Well, um, during that time, been working hand-in-hand with Fulton County, they got a great team. Uh, we met on a number of times in our last meeting, we reported that we had talked about a solution that we believe will work. But during the course of this last year, both of our vendors became purchased by one vendor, which was Central Square. So um, just before that merger, though, it was discovered that um, Superion and um, Tritech couldn't make the information talk at the left to make it in simple terms, couldn't make it talk to do what we needed it to do for bi-directional you know, communication, which is the key uh, to the CAD-to-CAD interface. Um, since that time, um, I think since our last meeting and discussion was that we believe we found a solution, Central Square has a, a solution called TELUS. And in that solution, it provides a hub that allows our Tri-Tech CAD and the Superion CAD that Fulton has to send that information into that hub and it translates it call for call. So basically it'll provide that transparency that the whole discussion of being transparent uh, exists with that. And then what, and I can, and Joe can jump in as well, any part of that about what it'll mean for visibility of units. Um, the, uh, you know, you've gotten reports, I know the fire chiefs in the South Fulton have gotten the reports where our numbers are a little bit different than their numbers, and that's because we're working on two different systems and, and ESO reports and CAD. This will be all CAD. It, it will, it, you know, the numbers will be the numbers. Will, so that that will improve um, the transparency well beyond what it is now. And as far as um, Joe, if you want to comment too on on your unit capabilities and visibility and what this will mean to to the system as well as you, as you see it now, because what your visibility what your visibility is now versus what will be on the connection might be helpful too. Sure. Today, um, all greedy units in, that are on our system, let's just say. Um, have RABL, so we can only see the units that are our, in our territory. Let's just say I have no visibility of Atlanta units or anybody else at this point. Uh, this will kind of allow Grady to see all the units. They can see the global picture of everybody in the system, to include our units, their units. It won't matter at that point, and this system will allow for that. It'll also seamlessly take a call for service and actually give it to Grady for at the same time we're getting it basically once we timestamp it it goes over to grady at the same time uh, we can pull reports off of it we can see reports from both sides it's basically whatever each it, whatever we allow it to do it'll do so if we open the floodgates and say grady has access to see anything they want out of any deployment model or anything we want to see this system is supposed to tap into either side and display it That's what we've been told by the vendor, let's just say that. So we all know how that works. So. <laughs> I have not seen it actually. Yeah, uh, timeline. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, the, so the timeline now, um, and on your document it says we were waiting for signature from, from Fulton. Those, those documents have been signed. Central Square has the documents, so the time frame, the target date is 90 to 120 days. That full integration, 22 CADs. I know Joe and his team have celebrated that as long as well as I. We've been working on this one a while, so um, we're going to hold our breath. Now, that is a normal six to 12 month process according to the vendor, but being we've already, now there are some engineers involved in this, so we know what that means, but uh, um, but they feel confident they can deliver this in, in the um, 90 to 120 days. So that would put us mid-May for early May of having this completed and having that 
integration points. So, Bill, during your uh, your presentation to the council, you brought up that you were looking at a nine-minute average response time system-wide. What efforts are being made in order to encourage that? In our document, we, we talked about anticipated um, response time in nine minutes, our, our emergency times and our non-emergency times were close, I think. The enhancements that Aaron uh, is doing with increased unit hours, we should be able to report um, no later than March 1st through the February report once we have a uh, full month and after the integration of the CAD takes place in April. I think we'll have some strong supportive data. Uh, surely through the month of May, it will show what those enhancements have done towards uh, response time overall for the South Fulton. So we're, we're anxiously awaiting the optimistic that's going to have uh, several positive effects. So just, just for clarification, we can say that between improvements from the comm center operations, software, CAD, CAD link, et cetera, uh, a fuller or more robust mobile healthcare system, and then on top of that, additional unit hours and units at peak times. So that's essentially where you're going to yes, that's layout yes. to achieve that nine-minute-ish response time. That's accurate. And, and I have this from, from Charlie back. Um, I don't know if he's here, but uh, Charlie? He's not here. This is showing that the response time has been improved by um, nine and a half minutes, or been reduced by nine and a half minutes on calendar to calendar. So, yeah, that was the, when I paraphrased that, but that was from the county's response. The county's response, yeah. yes. So I, that was the paraphrase I made in reference to the 45% improvement. That's all calls. That's all calls. Very good. Any questions from uh, any of the members? Uh, do you guys feel the need to reconvene another, or, or are we satisfied with the information that we've received today? Just a clarification on those that you were going to get back with us on. I, I don't see any part of the meeting unless you Yes, we're, we're going to follow up on the mutual aid piece and then for Dr. Augustine's question, we'll, and we'll have it be it Maybe we can have a brief meeting in um, the summer meeting, council meeting, or in that area after, you know, to make sure we're not all on vacation, but uh, just, to, just to check off sure. a couple of the things, including what Dr. Augustine brought up. I think that would conclude that so that's going to be my recommendation to the council if, if the committee is okay with that you know the great improvement we've got a great plan in place and uh, like a lot of what i'm hearing but there's still a couple of open things that i think we can just answer chairman if i may i know that we spoke from the fire department palmetto on qaqi process is there anything from the fire service in that area uh, that they would like to speak on as a whole uh, as far as the service that's being provided just anything generalization to summarize 
and um, there, there's no denying that we've seen substantial improvement in, in the level of, of ambulance response in, in the South Fulton Zone. Uh, I, I think if there's anything that, that I, my, my compatriots on the fire chief side that, that, that we're working on is to better define it, it much to Mr. Atkins' point is what is the EMS system in South Fulton? Uh, people have heard me say the EMS system, if you will, in South Fulton is not a system of design. It is a system that has evolved. And I think uh, as, as paradigms are shifting in terms of EMS system design and, and response, that, that is something that we have to take into account as well and better define what the role of the uh, first responder EMS is versus what the, the, the role of, of the transport provider is because it, it, because it is truly a system. You know, it, it begins, you know, if you look at successful systems that have the bystander CPR, the early notification, um, the, the whole component, I think that we have an opportunity to, to work collectively on doing that and improve everything for for all the citizens in South Fulton. I think all, all, all of the other fire chiefs, I think, share that concern. Um, and so I think that's going forward. What we would like to see is better, better collaboration uh, uh, collectively. And, uh, so I, I would open that up to any of my uh, other chiefs here that uh, Feel, feel, uh, feel, 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 fe